Hello and good evening. It's, that, it's Eric and Dr. Sakisha Heilig, your marriage and relationship empowerment specialist. And look, we're super excited. We are closing out Women's History Month. Can yes. you believe it? Last day. I know. You know what? 30 days is just not enough to celebrate all the amazing accomplishments that, that we accomplished as women, you know, but we want to switch things up a, a little bit tonight. We've been talking about our business blueprint edition, but we are putting the two together night tonight with our phenomenal guest. Honey, are you excited? I'm excited. Let me tell you a little bit about who we have joining us this evening. We have none other than Michelle Jewsberry, and I'm sure you've seen the post all over social media. Now, Michelle is an international philanthropist. She's a speaker, an author, and a coach and she's traveled the world as an advocate for the less fortunate in august of 2016 michelle focused her efforts on ending domestic violence now her desire to help victims of domestic abuse came from personal experiences such as a such you know in such a relationship in july of 2017 she was the founder of unsilenced voices which is a 501c3 nonprofit profit that focuses on inspiring change in communities around the globe by encouraging victims to break free and survivors to speak up about domestic violence and sexual assault. Now here, we're always talking about the fact that marriages can win, but tonight we wanted to, to I guess you could say we wanted to talk about a, a different perspective of it. We know in 2020 in the pandemic, the world was shut down. Yes, now, what we did hear about and, you know, talking to clients, the number of domestic abuse cases increased. Right. And we wanted to really talk about that perspective this evening. And we have a phenomenal guest that's going to shed some additional light on this situation. Now, you hear from her bio that she's a philanthropist, a speaker, an author and a coach. So one of the things that should be speaking to you is the fact that that is not the end of that chapter. That's a chapter in your life, but that is not the end. So for all of you that are watching, for all of you that know someone that's in a domestic violence situation or you yourself have been in there, she's going to give you some key tools and strategies on this evening. And I'm super excited. Now she has since completed and published her memoir and it's called, But I Love Him. Now, don't those words speak volume to you, but I love them, him. Yeah. How many times have we, we as women been in a relationship and we've been saying, but I love him. I know and they say love covers a multitude of faults, but wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's a painful yet inspirational true story of a strong independent woman caught in the horrific, in the horrifying cycle of domestic violence and how she got out. So you can make sure that you stay tuned because we she's got a special surprise in tune for all of our listeners. Michelle coaches individuals and entrepreneurs on how to have tremendous breakthroughs by overcoming obstacles and defeating fear and failure. So just make sure that you stay tuned. We've got some nuggets of wisdom that Michelle is going to bring forth this evening. Michelle, how are you doing? Thank you so much, Dr. Sakisha and Eric, for having me on the show. Super excited to be here. Doing well here in sunny Southern California. The weather is about 85 right now. So wow. uh, the world feels like it's opening up again. Feels like we need to go to the beach, which is great. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, you know what? That is awesome. And I am sure that everyone out here is listening. They're like, oh my goodness. I can't wait. When you hear, when you say those words, but I love him, that resonates so much. I mean, can we talk a little bit about uh, this this cycle of domestic violence, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Cause we have ladies out there that are, some are married and some are dating, but with the pandemic, they were closed in with their abusers. So can we talk a little bit about it? So how someone can recognize that they're in a domestic, um, violent situation. Yeah. So let's talk course. about the cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I'm going to tell you a bit about how I got trapped in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And how that translates to a lot of the women that we're seeing now that are trapped and men as well. And don't wow. let's not not include the LGBTQIA community as mm -hmm. well, because it happens. It doesn't matter yeah. your race, your um, your cultural beliefs, your religion. You can get trapped in a domestic violence relationship if you're rich or you're poor or if you live in the United States or you live in Africa. So yeah. when I was let's see, I want to say 26 years old, I fell head over heels for this man who courted me and sent me gifts and flowers and took me to ball games. And, and I'm a huge Dodgers fan because of that. Go Dodgers. We won last year. Let's, let's do it again this year for the World Series. Um, but I thought I had found my Prince Charming. And then about four months into the relationship, my head went through the drywall. And that's wow. when I, yeah, that's when I started to understand, wow, maybe mm -hmm. this isn't the best situation. Maybe mm -hmm. I should be cautious. Mm -hmm. And I ended up staying with my abuser for four years. During oh those four goodness. years, I endured psychological manipulation, financial abuse, sexual violence, and a lot of physical mm -hmm. violence. And wow. you asked the steps, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is, is if you don't understand what you're going through, then you can't overcome those obstacles. So I began to understand what it was that I was facing when I finally escaped that relationship. And I sat in front of my computer, very similar to what we're all doing at home, sitting in front of our computers. And I started to document what happened to me. And when I started to document, then that's when I was like, oh, this is abuse. This is not something that is normal. My head going through the wall, me being beat up yeah. and spit on is not normal in a relationship. So that ended up coming out in a 65-minute solo play that I performed in 2016. And then people mm -hmm. started coming up to me and telling me their stories. And that's when I was like, okay, I have to do something even more. And in 2017 is when I founded Unsilenced Voices, which is a nonprofit that primarily works in Ghana, Sierra Leone, and Rwanda. And we are expanding to the United States next year. So oh, wow. it was this, this long realization to understand mm -hmm. and accept what it was that I had gone through. And the mm -hmm. reason why most victims stay trapped in abusive relationships is because of the cycle, Dr. Sakisha, what you were talking about. The cycle goes from walking on eggshells to then a big blow up, whether it's sexual, emotional, or physical, yeah. and then the apology stage. Right. And that apology mm -hmm. stage is, I love you. I promise I will never do it again. Please forgive me. And you believe them. Mm. Wow. Well, now I have a question. I know we, we started talking about the cycle, but when you think about it, 
were there any red flags? And, and I'm really want, wanting to hone in on this because I want this to really be helping somebody out. You know, were there any red flags that, you know, you mentioned, you talked about your head going through the drywall. Okay. But are there any other red flags that might be subtle? Something that the mm -hmm. average person that they may not necessarily think, wow, that's a red flag because they are thinking, but I love him. You exactly. know what? Yeah. What can you think or can you elaborate on some of these? Of course. Yeah. Yes, Dr. Sakisha. And thank you again, Eric and Doctor, for having me on. Um, so there's a lot of different red flags. And <laughs> when I first started dating my abuser, I mm -hmm. ignored a lot of those red flags. Mm -hmm. So we would go out on a date and he was rude to the server, rude to the bartender, thinking that he was hot S-H-I-T, right? Thinking that yeah. um, he ruled the world. And he would also not allow me to speak in order for myself. Oftentimes oh. he would order for me, oh, she'll like this, or you'll like this, uh, without really even talking to me first. And I'm a very strong, independent woman. My mama raised me right to where I speak up. Um, and that in the beginning caused a bit of friction, but then it escalated to where we would go out and he would want to hold my purse or hold my for me. So that means I didn't have anything on me. The one good thing that we can do in this day and age is we all own one of these things, a cell phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what we need to do is utilize it, utilize it mm -hmm. for good, which means look them up on social media, ask yeah. their friends and family about who this person is. When I first started dating Paul, a couple of his friends tried to warn me. They said, you don't know what you're getting into. He's kind of a monster, joking, wow. right? But those were red flags that I could have caught onto, but I was so encompassed with mm -hmm. the idea of being in this romantic relationship with Paul and I love the idea of love. And I really thought that he was my Prince Charming. I talk a lot about that in my book. You know, I wanted this, this, this man to come riding a white horse and rescue me from my life. And wow. he showed me a different type of life. And it, not, it was not necessarily um, safe nor good. Wow. wow. So that was kind of a... I would, I would say that would be a yellow flag and before it came uh -huh. a red flag. You yeah. Know what I mean, because it was something like when you, like you said, you were asking the friends and they were kind of joking, you know, yeah. but then like you were saying, when he was being more controlling, that's really a red flag when he was, you know, cursing and, and wanting to order for you, not kind of manipulating. Yeah. So I would definitely. I would definitely say to our listeners, these are things just to be mindful of because we we have a lot of people that connect with us and they say, well, Eric and Dr. Sakisha, I'm dating this person, but I have some concerns. So these are some things to look for. And they could even be subtle, even when their friends are making a joke, you know, it's something to be mindful of. Like, why would you say that they're a monster? You know, what would make you yeah. say that, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, they're saying now I understand some men like want to step up and be the man and want to order, you know, but not to the point where she'll have X, Y, Z. You can't speak for yourself. If my husband knows what I normally got, get, you know, and he says, hey, you want your usual babe? Yeah. And then he orders it. That's the different from not even allowing me to order for myself. 
Oh, it's completely and, different. And then yeah. a, a lot of times abusers tend to move the relationship forward even quicker. Um, yeah. So I was moved in with Paul within the first four or five months of our relationship. And oh, wow. when somebody wants to move in that fast and isolate you. I moved from Los Angeles to a northern region uh, where I was isolated. I didn't have friends or family around me. I only had Paul and I was reliant upon him. You know, he, wow. he uh, short, shortly into our relationship, he offered to pay off my credit card bills. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, how generous, da, da, da. It was a form of control and manipulation. He used that wow. against me our entire relationship. So, wow. yeah, there, there are, um, there are a lot of red flags and it's just being cautious because you honestly don't know who that person is until you know that person. And it takes wow. a while to do that. So how long were you dating him before you moved in together? He said like four months. Four months? Four to five yeah, months. Yeah, like four to five months. So I knew Paul before because mm -hmm. we had both done Amway together. And okay. Uh, so we were more of an acquaintances, but when we mm -hmm. started dating, he had pushed me and pressured me and, and made things sound the way that I would want to hear them. You know, you don't have to work, Michelle. I'll make sure to take care of everything, Michelle. Yeah, that, no, it, it gave up my independence. So Michelle, what was your breaking point? What was that point that said, you know what? I can't take this anymore. This is... You know, this is over the top. I, I've got to get out of here. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Because we all have a breaking point. And yeah. in my abusive relationship, my first breaking point was when I found out he was having affairs on me. Oh. Subconsciously, I put up with the emotional abuse. I put up with the sexual and physical violence. I put up mm -hmm. with the manipulation. But when I found out he was cheating on me, Mm -hmm. I couldn't take it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of lost it for a while. I, I grabbed a bottle of whiskey and drank an entire bottle of whiskey. I was puking. I was rolling around on the kitchen floor. I was bawling my eyes out. And Paul was like, I'm so sorry. I promise it's not going to happen. But the apologies didn't come true uh, the way that they used to. You know, they didn't, they didn't ring the same way. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I ended up asking to leave the relationship, having a break. And that's when he allowed me, allowed me to go mm -hmm. back to Los Angeles so I could think things through. And then I had discovered shortly after that, roughly four or five months, he began dating somebody else and ended up putting her head through the through a window in our bathroom. Oh my and, goodness. And she contacted um, the police and she contacted me and she said, this is what happened. And that's when I made a decision. I was like, wow. okay, well, now is the time that I really need to escape from his grip, from his financial mm -hmm. abuse at that point, and uh, really get my voice back. And that's exactly what I did. So was that like an aha moment that helped you to regain control of your life? Or how exactly did you do that? Was it leaving there? Or what, what, exactly happened well leaving there was the first step so after i found mm -hmm. out about the um the affairs i was able to to leave and break free and when i was by myself it hurt you know there's a chemical in our in our brain called oxytocin that makes us mm -hmm. yeah. continually be with 
our person, our spouse. And that chemical in my brain wanted me to go back to Paul. But I knew things were wrong. And I, I remember crying and being so sad and, and lonely and depressed. Um, and I, I so badly wanted our relationship to work. And then when I heard and when I was contacted by this other woman, that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, that is my aha moment. This is the moment that I have a choice. I could either go right or go left. And I decided instead of staying by Paul's side and helping him through his lawsuit against her, I decided to help her and I decided to regain my voice. And it was a very wow. difficult process. You know, it's not easy to do that. But you can, if you're at home, you can do that. And your voice matters. And just because you're stuck in a circumstance doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck in that for the rest of your life. So if we can back up a moment, prior to this um, relationship, did you have another uh, relationship that you maybe had just um, ended and you met Paul? Or um, was it a like, recent breakup from a previous relationship or was it a, a, a time, you know? In no, between? not at all. No, I had actually just moved to Hollywood, California to be a movie star. Uh, I love oh. LA. I love theater. Um, I, I've always loved the, the film and, and entertainment industry. And uh, I was single and I moved and I was pursuing my dream and my passion. And he had contacted me because I had uh, signed up for a social media platform that actually sent an email to all of my contacts. And because I had known him in previous years, um, oh. he ended up getting that email and was like, Hey, Michelle, how you been? I miss those suspender oh. pants. Uh, are you single type deal? And oh. at first it was kind of flattering. He was flirting with me. He was a very successful entrepreneur. And I was, uh, I really was kind of flattered. And uh, it wasn't that I was dating somebody else. And I actually never experienced violence in any of my former relationships. My mom and dad never had violence between them. I never saw my dad raise his hand against my mother. Um, mm -hmm. They could have bickers here and there, but I never heard them yell at each other. So this was something that I got myself trapped invol involved with, trapped in, mm -hmm. uh, without having any experience. Wow. Now... I want to ask you this question because I'm thinking about the fact that now you're on the outside, you're on the other side of this negative experience. Let's talk about the, the residue or what happens afterwards. Cause there are some people that have, when you've been through this type of trauma, you have uh, remnants. How do you say, you know, some people, they may experience flashbacks, nightmares. Have you ever had anything like that or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely have. So when I began writing my play and then performing that in 2016, uh, the rehearsal process was the most difficult. So I had to rehearse day in and day out five days a week where I literally beat myself up on stage. So I was reliving my experience with Paul in order for me to perform my play. Well, I had moved out of the place that he knew where I was living and I moved into an apartment complex. And my apartment was on the third floor of the apartment building. And I used to work as a bartender. And I remember coming home from late night shifts and panicking, my heart going a million miles a second, oh thinking that as soon as those elevator doors opened on the third floor, he would be there or somebody else that he had hired would be there and would oh. kill me 
shooting a Glock at me or some type of um, gun beat me up or something. But I fought through those feelings. I used to mm -hmm. wake up in sweats, you know, scared because I was scared he was going to come and find me. I was scared that the lies that he told me that he was going to put cement blocks on my feet and throw me over a boat, that he was going to physically harm me to the point where I would be unable to use my voice. I thought oh, that he was actually gosh. going to do that. But I fought through that. I, I swallowed my fear. I talked to God a lot. I, I just overcame it because I chose not to be stuck in it any longer. So let me ask you this going forward. Has this experience like negatively impacted how you see relationships, you know, like wanting to date again, has it caused you to say stuck, stay away or no, have you actually, had to work through it? No, <laughs> no. Uh, so of course, after you leave an abusive relationship, there is trauma, right? There's healing yeah. that you have to do. If you don't do the healing, if you don't write, if you don't speak up, if you don't talk to a therapist or go to counseling or do traditional or non-traditional therapy, then it causes you to relapse per se into mm -hmm. that type of relationship. But if you do mm -hmm. the work, right, and it's hard work, then you start to see the world as a positive place again. You start to see men or uh, your spouse, whether it's a male, female, or other, in a positive light again. And I remember my, my first boyfriend after Paul, he was a lot mm -hmm. younger than me. He and I are still very good friends. His name is Dan. His real name is Dan. And <laughs> um, we're still, like I said, very good friends. But he was he was just too young. He was mm -hmm. somebody who made me feel like I could be loved again. That okay. there wasn't something wrong with me. There was mm -hmm. something wrong with my ex. And he used to yeah. encourage me. He was with me when I first went on a Facebook Live and telling oh. my story before I had published my book. And he was like, go, girl go get it. You know, you, you're awesome, Michelle. And then since then, I've, you know, I'm still dating. There's a man in my life now. We'll see what happens with that. But he's mm -hmm. kind. He's a gentle soul. He would never raise his hand or yell at me. Of course, there's conflict in every relationship, but there are ways to talk about it without hurting one another, um, hitting below the belt or screaming at each other. Yeah. So, so no, it, I, I feel like I'm, I'm healed enough to where I can have a successful, healthy relationship, but it did take work in order for me to get here. Now, let, let me ask you this. You know, I'm asking a lot of questions because I know that they, we've got listeners out there that are really like, wow, she went through all of this. Now, what is your take on therapy? Did you pursue therapy or what yes. was the plan to get beyond this phase? Because some yeah. people are like, no, they think it's a taboo word, but let's talk about it. Yeah, let's definitely talk about it. Now, if you're at home and you're thinking, I don't want to go to a therapist, I'm fine. You just have to get it out, whether it is writing, whether it is um, oh. music or dance, you have to get the feelings out of you because there's something called adverse childhood experiences where mm -hmm. you experience some type of trauma as an adolescent, young adult, or a child. And if you don't address it and you keep pushing it down, it comes out in physical and or emotional ailments as an adult, autoimmune disorders, chronic fatigue, stress, anxiety, obesity. Mm -hmm. So if you get it out in 
one way or another, then you can heal easier. Now, for me, I've always liked to talk to people. So therapy was my first choice. And I still see my therapist to this day. We don't see each other as regularly as we used to. Uh, but, you know, a couple times a month, I talk to my therapist, Douglas Gosney, amazing man who helped me understand that it wasn't my fault helped me understand that I could do something with my voice and I could do something to help other people with my experience. So yes, therapy was definitely something that I pursued and I would highly recommend going to therapy. Now, you know what? I hope that you guys are listening that that just freed somebody. So if you've been in this in a similar situation, but you're frightened or you're reluctant to get therapy, here is a woman who is telling you, I've been there. I've been through it. It's been beneficial. It's helped me. Now I'm on the other side of that. So for those of you that may be walking in fear, maybe walking in guilt, maybe walking in shame or un unsure as to whether you should pursue therapy, here is personal testimony about the effectiveness of it. And I am so glad that, that you're being transparent with our listeners because this is something that's really I want it's hitting home because we deal with marriages and relationships and people, you know, sometimes there will kind of hint around that he may be controlling. He's, mm -hmm. you know, something's not right now. Start putting the pieces to get pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. together because they might be saying the same thing in their mind. But I love him. OK, I understand you love him but he's hurting you. And it's not to cast judgment on anybody It's to tell them, okay, you, there is another way. There is an option or alternative for you. Cause some people may be afraid. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think some people stay? Why well, do you think some stay? Well, for <laughs> me, it was the apology stage, right? Yeah. I, I, I okay. believed what he said. I believed him mm -hmm. telling me that he would never do it again. And, right. um, you know, he made me fully dependent on him. So these are okay. other reasons. You know, if you have children, um, oftentimes the abuser will tell you that they will take your kids from you. If, uh, mm. if, if you are fully financially dependent on the other person, um, then he'll tell you that he'll take everything that you own because it's his. I remember I got into, wow. uh, one of my arguments with Paul where, um, he, I wanted to leave and he had bought me a car and he bought me a bunch of clothes and shoes. And he said, if you want to leave, you're going to strip down to nothing and walk out of this house with nothing completely naked. So wow. it, it was very, very controlling. And um, mm -hmm. when, when your spouse starts to use gifts against you, when your spouse yes. starts to use um, positive things against you that he has done for you, um, then that's, that's a huge red flag. You, you got to run and look the other direction. Yeah. So with domestic violence really, um, being, being shined upon in, in the media, how would you encourage you know, the viewers or their listeners to go about speaking up? You mentioned you had that moment, you, you know, where you said, okay, enough is enough. How would you encourage them or that person that's struggling with that this decision, okay, I need to get out of this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. What's your word of encouragement for that listener? Yeah. So it's hard. You know, you're not mm -hmm. alone. 
it is very, very difficult to actually make the decision to tell your story, but it is so incredibly liberating. And mm -hmm. I remember when I first started speaking up, I had no idea what was going to happen from me telling me my story, telling people my story. But so many positive things happened. And now I'm able to impact hundreds of thousands of people from around the globe. Wow. And I get to personally coach individuals who have had some type of trauma happen. And oftentimes they come to me without sharing their story. And we get them to platforms where they feel comfortable so they can start speaking up and raising awareness about all types of different traumas, domestic violence, yes. uh, to child abuse, um, to murders and, and affairs, um, to climate change, to animal cruelty, you name it. But you, when you experience something, mm -hmm. you can turn your lemons into lemonade. And it's all about how you're able to present that to the world and present that even to yourself. No. So when you, um, how do you reach, you know, others that have experienced it or they may have some of the yellow and red flags and they're not sure, you know, what to do? You know, maybe they're kind of like, well, I really like this guy. He's fine. He's super fine. Mm -hmm. He's wealthy. He's rich. He treats me like I've never been treated before. What do you yeah, except that? for behind closed doors. So yeah. it's really oh. interesting, Eric. Um, I, I, God has gifted me with a platform to where I can speak on stages all around the world, right? Virt whether it be virtual or in person, the world is starting to open. So we're going back to in-person events as well. And the statistics are startling. One oh, yes. in four women in the United States has experienced domestic violence. One in 11 men. One in three women internationally. One in four women in the United States has experienced rape or some form of sexual assault. So if you think about the audience, say we have a nice round number, 100 people in the audience. 25% mm -hmm. of them if they're women, have experienced yeah. domestic violence. So wow. if you're asking, how do I find these women? They're all around us. And mm. it's all about encouraging them to tell their stories. And women from the very beginning have been in competition with one another. And now we are in a time in the 21st century in 2021, we can join forces and collaborate and co-create together and share our stories with one another so we can make sustainable change. Now, do, you, do you find that some of the uh, your clients, um, that they have a previous history of being abused, maybe as a younger child or some previous relationships, maybe it could be sexual or domestic uh, trauma? Some, some, not all. So a lot okay. of my clients are actually affluent women who never experienced abuse growing up, who got themselves trapped in an abusive relationship and believed that their abuser, they were going to hurt them if they tried to very similar to my type of situation. And yes, um, oftentimes there are women and girls and young men and boys who have experienced trauma and violence growing up. Um, so then they were used to that type of treatment and that's how they mm -hmm. end up being trapped in that relationship. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Michelle, can you do me a huge favor?
Can uh -huh. you look right into the camera and speak directly to that young lady who feels that my story doesn't matter, who mm -hmm. feels like no one's listening to me? Can you give her a word of encouragement or to him yeah. or yeah. to him? Because I don't want to leave the men out. But can you encourage that person that they need to share their story and that their story matters? Yeah, definitely. Your voice means something. Just because of what you went through, it doesn't define who you are. But by your experiences, you can help others and help yourself. And sharing your story will not only heal you, but heal so many people around you. Speak up. And if you're not ready to speak on a public platform, do some writing. One of my clients, she is a big blogger. She's talking a lot about some of the trauma that she's experienced. And now she's able to speak on platforms in person and on digital events, telling her story because her story is too big not to share with the world, just like your story is too big not to share with the world. Wow, that is powerful. Thank you so much. And I, you know, I know I'm trying to be respectful of your time, but this is such an amazing topic. It's, I, I, it's such, it's so, it's needed, especially during this time. And I, I got a couple more questions. I'll try to get them in really, really no quickly. Problem. You, you've, got me, you've got me for a bit longer. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Now I know that after going through this situation and you, you walked away, away from them and did you decide you wanted to press charges or what was it like having to make that decision yeah if, that you know scary, if you're scary. able to share yeah i am i am um so i can only share a portion of of that however when i made the decision to actually talk to the da and tell the da about my experience it was frightening but I knew that I had to because the gal that experienced domestic violence from the same abuser after me, I felt I had, I had a purpose. I had a mission to help her and also help myself. So it was a scary process. You know, he was, he still is a very powerful man. And I was very scared that he was going to not only harm me physically, but harm me emotionally, uh, harm me financially, ruin my entire reputation. Um, he wanted many times to try to use um, sexual things as reasons why domestic violence happened. And it just didn't fly with me, you know, and, mm -hmm. and moving forward, I had, I mean, I had an amazing attorney and moving forward, I just, I just kept the course. And sometimes the course takes a while. And in my case, it took over three years in order to finally settle our case. But it was well worth it because I was able to take my power back. Wow. So just let's just speaking to those out there that are listening, that are viewing, you can take your power back. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, Michelle, is what is next for Michelle? What do you see in your future going forward? Yay. Okay. Now we're getting to some exciting stuff. So like <laughs> I said to you in the audience, you can turn your story into something amazing. And that's what I've been able to do, of course, with a team around me. But I now get to speak on platforms, like I said, all over the world. But I am speaking on the um, uh, Glo uh, Global Elevation Success Summit with Power Team International at 12 different cities throughout the year. So we're going to be in a lot of Texas cities. And in July, we're hitting up um, 
uh, Tampa, Florida. I am now able to do in-person fundraising events for my nonprofit, Unsilenced Voices. Uh, we are actually expanding. So we are doing uh, we are doing a fundraising event in Las Vegas in July on July 22nd. Uh, you can contact me at unsilencemyvoice.com or you can text the word unite to 267 eight six um, and get more information about that that's just joining our text message system so you can have updates on my future speaking engagements um, i'm working on my second book right now which will be released the end Woo! of this year called overcoming obstacles teaching awesome. about our five-step process in order to help people overcome some trauma and grief. Uh, so there's a lot of great, exciting things happening. I'm very, very much excited for our domestic violence awareness tour that we're doing with Unsilenced Voices. As soon as we raise those funds, we are going to be in a city near you. Wow. So make sure that for those of you that are listening, like, oh my gosh, you guys, I can't believe it. The time has gone by like this. How do I stay connected with Michelle? Well, we have her website for you. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, go to her website, which is unsilencedvoices.org. Again, that's unsilencedvoices.org. And she also gave you, you can text the word UNITE to 26786 and stay connected with her. That way you can keep up to date with all the, what's going on with Michelle. You can support, she's doing the fundraising event. She says she's gonna be all, you know, all over Texas. So make sure that you stay in contact with her. So, she you know, Tampa, yeah, oh yeah. So you'll be down in Florida next to us. Yeah. So we have to make sure. And then actually in Texas, we'll, we'll talk about that oh, off screen. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely <laughs> okay. talk about that. <laughs> But we just want to thank you again so much, Michelle, for for joining us this evening, for bringing some light to this very, very important subject yes. and just your being here and your level of transparency. I am sure that it has encouraged some young man or some woman that may be in the midst of a domestic violence situation or they may know someone or a loved one who sometimes, you know, when you talk to someone, they may not listen, but they can share this broadcast with them and say, hey, I want you to listen to this. And it can encourage them. Hey, I need to share my story. Hey, I can come out of this relationship and be on the other side. I can turn my pain into to purpose and help others that are going through a same or, you know, a similar situation. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just being here with us this evening. And I thank know so much, that this has been a, this has been a blessing. I mean, I love talking about relationships and today we decided to, to do, to touch upon the different aspect. And this has been such a blessing. What about you, honey? It has. And, you know, we've dealt with um, many people who are going through this situation, yeah. but of course, out of our scope and now we've actually you know <laughs> hey partner but we like to bring a lot of awareness because a lot of people and it's both men and women go through you know abusive relationships yeah of course more women is is the light is shined on but you don't know how to you know um encourage them or we can't sometimes really relate as well for someone who's gone yeah. through conquered it found the power and and now making an impact against that yeah. situation in the world and i i applaud you yeah. for what you're doing we thank just want to thank you <laughs> oh thank you right much. well also you wanted to tell them a little bit more about your products and services i know you have the stage play but i love him and you said that you have a second book that's going to be released 
this year? Where can they get copies of your first book until that second book is released? Yeah, no, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I, I want to piggyback off of what Eric was saying just real quick. I know we are running out of time, um, but I, I want to encourage you that if, if you know somebody who is going through domestic violence and you feel like that you have said everything that you could to them or you have tried to encourage them to break free, always keep your door open because it took me six or seven different times to finally leave Paul to actually break free from that relationship. And in a typical domestic violence relationship, it does take time. So just encourage, love them, be with them. Don't blame them for staying because it's not their fault. They really truly believe that he will change. Um, as far as my programs and services, uh, you have currently, you're looking at my nonprofit website. If you actually go to unsilencemyvoice.com, there's information there about my products and services. Again, it's unsilencemyvoice.com. And there you can find information about our 10-week masterclass, our six-week intensive. I do private coaching. That's an application process. So if that is something you're interested in doing, um, then make sure to go there and apply. And uh, of course, my book is on amazon.com. So it's called But I Love Him. And uh, you can find that on Amazon and then, then on my personal website as well. Awesome. So Michelle, we want to thank you again to all of our listeners and our viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting us every week. Um, make sure that you stay connected with us on all forms of social media under Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter under yes. Marriage Can Win. Um, if you know someone that's a, a great fit for the show that wants to share their story that will bless others, make sure you send us a quick email at marriagecanwin at gmail.com. We want to say thank you again to Michelle for joining us on this evening. We're looking forward to hearing more from you. And we just want to remind each of you that you can be the change that you want to see in your relationship. And until next time.